Welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today's podcast, John is introducing a series called Walking Backwards. It is the title to his upcoming book. The phrase Walking Backwards was coined by John Due to the fact that the lifestyle of living in Jesus Christ, walking in the Spirit, is contrary to the world and man's natural conditioning. Jesus called it the straight and narrow that leads to life. Now I know that the straight and narrow passage, we often think that he is talking about either in or out of heaven, but that's not what he's talking about. Jesus is recognizing that walking in the Spirit is so contrary to our natural lifestyle, few find it. In other words, none of us walk the straight and narrow on any consistent basis. The good news is we can start practicing it now. And God is with us every step of the way, teaching, correcting, loving. And that's our God. So without further delay, here's John's Sunday morning message from Church in the Woods, Walking Backwards, Part one, get in the yoke. So this whole idea of walking backwards is just a description of how you live your everyday life according to the plan of God. See, God has ordained beforehand. And this goes all the way back before, not just before you were born, but before anybody was born. It goes back before the world was created that he ordained good works for you to walk in them. In other words, he's got a plan for your life. And that plan is good, believe me. It's really good. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to shy away from it. Because the more you realize that plan, the more you recognize that plan, the more excited you're going to be about it. And the more grateful you'll be because you see God at work in your life on a daily basis. And so that's really what this study is all about. How to live out our Christianity on a daily basis. Let me make one other connection for you. And that is this, what I call walking backwards, which I'll explain here in a minute, is really living your life in this world as a believer, just like Jesus lived. Being able to live like he lived when he was here on this earth some 2,000 years ago. So it's not a new concept. In fact, it's a very basic concept in the scriptures that we learn to live our lives like Jesus lived his life. But why do I call it walking backwards? Well, I've noticed in my study, when I got intense about studying this way that we are to walk, I noticed several things that were radically different from our normal, what we call normal life experience in our everyday lives. And they were totally backwards. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus revealed 
several characteristics of this that made it backwards. But in fact, before his sermon, after he chose his disciples, he told them on one occasion, whoever of you seek to save your life will lose it. But if you follow me and lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Sound a little backwards to you? And then I began looking again at the Sermon on the Mount, and it was amazing. He says, if you want to live, you're going to have to die. If you want to receive, you're going to have to give. The first shall be last. The least of you as a servant of others shall be the greatest in the kingdom. See, everything is backwards to the way we naturally view that. And so it's kind of difficult for us to wrap our minds around that because, you see, when you're born of the Spirit, when you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're born again, you enter into a new life as a brand new person. But the problem is that life is totally backwards to the way we've been conditioned. What we have called normal is totally backwards to what the scriptures describe our walk, our lifestyle as. And so we want to see that from several different points of view. And we want to find out what the benefits are from that. So today, what I want to do by way of introduction is to simply give you a couple indications here of how this life that we're talking about, your life, on a daily basis, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, how your life is backwards to the normal lifestyle we've all been conditioned with. And the first thing I think we have to understand is that our lives and walking backwards is dependent on the Spirit of God rather than our own understanding, our own knowledge of good and evil or right or wrong. This distinguishes this lifestyle at the base level. You see, the normal lifestyle is for us to try to figure out what's right and wrong. That knowledge of good and evil God warned Adam about in that truth us to try to figure out what's right and wrong with the assumption that if we know what's good, if we know what's right, we can do it. We can live that way. And if we know what's wrong, what's not right, we can avoid doing it. Here's the problem we all have, and we all have to face it sooner or later. We know what's right, and we know what's wrong, but we still aren't able to do what's right and not do what's wrong. If you're really honest with yourself, you realize that your own knowledge of good and evil, what's right and wrong, is not sufficient for you to live out in this lifestyle we're talking about. As a matter of fact, to go along with that, this lifestyle of walking backwards 
is a lifestyle of grace and truth. Just like the lifestyle Jesus had. And John, in recording it in this, in this first chapter of his gospel, he points out that the law came by Moses. In other words, all the rules on what you should do or not do, all the rules describing what's right and what's wrong, that all came by Moses. We had that. And all of us have been born into that. We've been raised up in that. We've been conditioned by that. But grace and truth came by Jesus. Now what he means is that there's a radically different lifestyle. To walk under the law is radically different than to walk or live in grace. And what we're going to be studying about is how it is that we have the opportunity and the ability and the provisions from God to actually live a lifestyle of grace and truth just like Jesus did. But when we do that, it's going to seem backwards. It's going to appear to be backwards to a lot of folks who continue to live their lives according to their own knowledge of good and evil. Especially is it going to seem backwards to religious folks who are trying to earn God's blessings by what they do or what they don't do. You see, as a result of that, you're going to face opposition. So I can't tell you this walking backwards is going to be a life free from any trouble or free from any opposition. I don't know. You look at the example of Jesus walking in grace and truth, and you'll find right from the very beginning he was opposed by the religious leaders of his day. His own family rejected him. The people he grew up with rejected him. And there's a lot of rejection in this lifestyle because it's not the normal lifestyle. Now the first area I've just mentioned to you of difference is what makes living a lifestyle of grace and truth, what makes walking backwards so difficult is the fact that it's not possible based on our own knowledge of what's right or wrong. What is required is the same thing that was given to Jesus to walk his lifestyle on this earth, and that is the supernatural leadership on a personal basis of the Spirit of God living in you. Now it's almost to the point in the religious world today when you talk about the Spirit of God living in you, and you talk about being directed by the Spirit, it's like you're saying, well, this is what God is telling me to do. And that is immediately suspect in our normal culture. Did you know that? Can you imagine a public official, a politician, getting on Fox News and saying, this is what God has told me to do. Hmm? Well, he'd be laughed off the stage, wouldn't he? See, we have so marginalized the personal leadership of the Spirit in our culture that we think of it as a fantasy. 
We think of it as something that's way out there. We think of it as something that is not normal. But nothing could be further from the truth. See, this new life that you're given in Christ, this new life that you have, the very life of Christ, is what produces a new lifestyle in you. And the key ingredient in that new lifestyle is your willingness to listen to what God tells you to do regarding any issue in your life. Any issue. See, there's that which is right, according to your knowledge of the law, and that which is wrong, according to your knowledge of the law. Either one will lead you astray and out of a lifestyle of grace and truth. As opposed to that which is right and that which is wrong, you have that which the Spirit of God tells you to do. What does He want you to do? How does He want you to speak? Where does He want you to go? How does He want you to perform your job? How does He want you to relate in your family? See, He's very much interested in that, folks. Because He loves you. He loves you far more than you'll ever know. And because of that, He's very interested in every detail of your life. And He wants to lead you in that new life. That's the first distinguishing mark of walking backwards because when you start listening to the Spirit of God tell you what to do and what to say and where to go and what not to do and what not to say, when you start listening to His voice, it puts you in a different room. You're no longer in the kingdom of this world. You're in the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're listening to God as your king. And that produces a radically different lifestyle. That produces the kind of difference that Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. When he said, if someone smites you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. That's backwards. My normal, my normal response if somebody smites me on the cheek is to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> if someone sues you, give them extra. Well, that's weird. But check this out. Love your enemies. How backwards is that? You've got to be kidding me. My enemies are trying to kill me. You want me to love them? Now, how do we navigate through all that and that backwardness? Only by the personal leadership of the Spirit telling you what to do or not do minute by minute. Now, I know you might think that's weird. You might think that's, that's, you know, out there somewhere. But it's not. 
It is your birthright as a child of God to be able to hear God tell you through His Spirit, the Spirit of Christ living in you, what He wants you to do. Now, I'm not going to launch off right now on a big discussion of that, but just suffice it to say that He has created you a rational, thinking human being, and His Spirit working in you, that new person you are, will cause you to have thoughts and desires according to His plan for your life. Your job is to simply recognize that. That's all. Not to make it up. But normally, you know, we, we don't like to do that. We like to trust our own knowledge of right and wrong. We have, you know, we've got to research it and figure out what's the best way to go, etc. And the last person we might ask if we even do that is gone. What do you want me to do? But that's where the answer begins. That's where walking backwards starts. It starts with what God is telling you to do. And when you go through John's Gospel, and really all the other Gospels as well, you'll find that Jesus was in continual opposition to the religious folks of his day. They opposed him terribly. Even though he was led by the Spirit, even though everything he said was what the Father told him to say, and everything he did was what the Father told him to do, the world around him rejected that. And they said, no way, this ain't right, this ain't normal. Not at all. I'm not going to belabor the point, but you'll find in even a casual reading of John's Gospel especially, how often he was confronted walking backwards. So it's, it's not, not necessarily an easy task that we're talking about here. It's something that is rewarding though. And so the second thing I want us to, to look at here in description of this walking backwards is we have to learn to depend on God rather than on, our, on ourselves. See, we're all born depending on ourselves. Did you know that? Even those little bitty guys, those little, they're real cute little infants, you know, the little babies. Man, they're cute. But they have instinctively learned to trust themselves to be able to manipulate people and things around them to get their needs met. Okay, so they're cute little suckers, but they are manipulative. Now as they grow up, that doesn't change. They just get more sophisticated in their manipulation, don't they? Instead of just outright crying, they learn to whine and beg. And when they become adults, they still haven't given it up. Again, they've just become more sophisticated in the way they manipulate people and things around them to satisfy their own needs. And this, because we've been conditioned and trained in it, seems to us to be the normal. That's normal. For after all, we live in a dog-eat-dog -dog world. 
And it's only normal for us to think about number one and to protect ourselves in any way we feel like we can. A dependence on ourselves to satisfy our needs is the normal lifestyle. That's the way people are normally conditioned. That's the way people normally live. So when we walk backwards, we're not depending on ourselves. We're depending on God. Again, in the Sermon on the Mount, remember that section in chapter 6 where Jesus said, look, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about stuff happening tomorrow. Sufficient unto this day is the evil thereof. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things you need are going to be added to you. So learning to trust God to meet our needs is absolutely essential to walk backwards in this world against the grain, against the norm. And finally, And this is probably one of the hardest things we have to do in order to walk backwards. And that is to give up control. Give up trying to control people and things around you. See, the reason we want to control people, the reason we want to control situations and circumstances around us is because we're afraid. We're afraid our needs won't be met unless we control things. We're insecure by nature and seek to control people and things around us to make ourselves secure. Walking backwards means we give that control up. Years ago I had a, one of these little daytime calendar things and had a little witty saying at the top of each day. One of my witty sayings on that calendar was, for peace of mind, give up control of the universe. If you really want to have peace of mind, quit trying to control everybody and everything. Quit trying to change people. You can't even change yourself, much less anybody else. You see, we're born with this natural tendency to manipulate, to control for our own protection. If we're going to walk backwards as Jesus did, if we're going to walk in a new lifestyle of grace and truth, we're going to have to give up that control to God. That's what Jesus meant when he said, the works you see me do, they're not my works. They came from God. I didn't control this. God told me to do it and I did it. The words you hear me speak, they're not my words. I didn't make them up. I heard them from the Father. Now if we're going to learn to live like that, obviously, we're going to have to hear God tell us what to do and give up trying to control everybody around us. That's a pretty serious task when you stop and think about it. That means 
you're going to have to rely entirely upon God and His provisions for you. Now thankfully there's an invitation, and you're all familiar with this invitation, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that I want to read to you. It's really an invitation to get into this lifestyle of walking backwards or this lifestyle of grace and truth. Doesn't use those terms, but the invitation is true nonetheless. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus gives this invitation that you're all familiar with, I'm sure. I'll just read the verses to you. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he talking about? He's talking about walking backwards. He's talking about living a lifestyle of grace and truth right now in this world. And he offers that to all who are laboring and heavy laden. You see, there's a whole bunch of folks, Christians included, believers included, who are trying as hard as they possibly can to be good. To be a good Christian. To not screw up. When you try that hard for very long, you get tired. You get tired of having to watch your back all the time. You get tired of wondering if God really does love you. You get tired of putting on the dog when you don't feel like it. You get tired. These are those who are weary. And heavy laden are those who have taken upon themselves a whole list of rules and regulations on what you should do. A friend of mine, in reference to that, called that process shooting on yourself. <laughs> this is what I should do. And they're so ingrained in this normal lifestyle that their fundamental question every day is, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What do I need to say? That's the wrong question, folks. That will lead you into being weary and heavy laden. You see, here's the good news. It's not about what you do. It's about what God has done and continues to do for you that you couldn't do for yourself. So Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You're working so hard to be okay. You're working so hard to be accepted of men and of God. 
said, come to me. I know you're tired. Come to me. And I'll give you rest. But then he throws a little curveball here. He says, take my yoke upon you. Yoke? That doesn't sound very restful to me. Does it you? Well, in case you're not familiar with it, the yoke is an instrument of work, hard work. And he uses here an agricultural analogy to help us understand the yoke that he's calling us to. He's calling us to get into his yoke. That means the yoke he's talking about agriculturally would be a double yoke that they use to put animals, beast of burden, in to do work. In this case, Jesus is in one side of the yoke and he's saying to you, come on, take my yoke upon you, get in the yoke with me. You see, that's the saving factor here is that the yoke he's calling us to get into is his yoke. It's not a yoke of bondage in the religious sense. Not a yoke of dysfunction in the secular sense. It's the yoke of Jesus. You might be thinking, okay, well, see, he's, he's doing some work. And by the way, how many of you realize that when Jesus ascended back into the Father, he didn't quit working? No, no. He's working today just as much as he did when he was here on this earth over 2,000 years ago. He is working through his Spirit, working in the hearts and minds of his people magnifying himself, displaying the love of God. So Jesus is working right now. He's got a yoke. He's got a job. He's doing it. And his invitation is for you to get in the yoke with him. Well, how do we get in a yoke? Remember, this is an agricultural analogy specifically designed for us to understand what we're to learn. As he goes on to say, get in the yoke and learn of me. Now notice quickly, he didn't say, take my yoke upon you and work like a dog. No, he didn't say that. He said, learn of me. Neither did he say, take my yoke upon you and do my work. No. He said, learn of me. In other words, what he was saying is, take my yoke upon you and watch me work. Watch me accomplish the miraculous in your life. Watch me do for you what you can't do for yourself. Learn of me. And his promise, you shall find rest to your souls. You see, when our focus switches from what we're going to do, how we're going to act, where we're going to go, 
and all of our plans, when our focus switches from that, which is normal, that's natural, to God and what He's doing, what He's planning, and we switch from walking normally in this world to walking backwards. Because it's totally backwards to the lifestyle of this world. So our focus is not on what we're going to do. It's on what God is doing. Our focus is not on what we're going to say or what we're going to plan. Our focus is upon Him and what He wants for us on a daily basis. Now, some of you might still be nervous about that and thinking that He would actually want you to do something you don't want to do. Be honest about that. Have you ever thought that God might be wanting you to do something that you really don't want to do? Maybe He's wanting you to give up something that you really like doing? Or He's telling you to go somewhere you don't want to go? Or relate to people you don't care anything about? You don't... Forget that. That's not how God works. In the first place, what He wants you to do, He's going to give you the desire to do. Because His work is first in you. And He'll give you the desires that He wants you to have to do what He's called you to do. You know, I, I struggled with that personally years ago in two ways. First of all, when I felt like the Lord was dealing with me in terms of wanting me to enter a teaching ministry, I thought of myself as being a preacher. And immediately I was repulsed. I said, I don't want to be no preacher. My exact words to him was, I don't want to be no damn preacher. I can't do that. I said, what do you mean you can't do that? I said, I can't stand up on Sunday morning and tell people what they should do or shouldn't do, especially when I'm doing the same thing. I can't do that. You see, I'd seen hypocrisy most of my childhood. I said, I can't do that. And finally, the Lord got through to me in similar words as this invitation when He said, I haven't called you to be a preacher. I have called you to do what I tell you to do. No. That sounds radically different. Okay. Show me. And he began to show me this new lifestyle. I further got a little insight into it when I led a group of a small group of people to, to a, a trip over to Israel years ago to the, quote, Holy Land. 
And I was standing on the seashore of Galilee, which I thought was quite amazing. I said, Lord, early one morning, I said, Lord, look, I'm walking where you walked. See, there's a lot of, a lot of different traditional sites in the Holy Land where they think something happened at this particular site. But the Sea of Galilee is still the Sea of Galilee. And the shore is still the seashore. And I was thinking, I've walked and where you walked. Why do I feel jet lag? <laughs> I didn't feel anything spiritual. I felt tired. And the Lord challenged me then. He said, yeah, you're walking where I walked. Will you walk the way I walked? And so I said, show me. And from that time on, it's been a whirlwind. Right there in Israel, he showed me repeatedly the opposition of the religious folks. And I don't know if you've ever been to Israel or not, but you've got every religion known to mankind there represented. You've got the Mormons up on Mount Stokes. You've got the Jews, still the Orthodox religious Jews, similar to the Pharisees of Jesus' day. You've got the Palestinians and the Arabs praying five times a day and stabbing each other in the back in between. And then you got the Christian tourists coming over, getting off the buses and falling down and kissing the rocks and such. I said, man, this is way too religious for me. But one thing it proved to me was the power of Jesus' lifestyle walking backwards. I was amazed at how he could walk through. So what we're learning in this study of walking backwards is really to walk like Jesus. And each of, each one of us have a specific calling for that. Each one of us has a plan from God on how he wants you to conduct your everyday life. And it's a good plan. It's not a bad plan. Yes, there's opposition. Yes, there's all kinds of opposition from friends and relatives, from strangers, from religious folks. Because Jesus always walked against the grain. He always walked backwards. And that's what he's called us to do. To live like he lived. To walk the way he walked. And so our study is going to consist of several different passages having to do with our lifestyle, the way we walk. And it will, in time, be, become, I hope, more normal to you in your thinking, in your everyday lifestyle that you've inherited. That's called the transition. You see, it's God's purpose to transform you, every one of you, to be just like His Son, Jesus. 
So we're not going to wait until we get that new glorified body in heaven to start. We have a new man living inside of us now that can, in fact, this new person, walk like Jesus walked, despite all the opposition of our own flesh and the world around us. We have the potential right now to walk just like he did. And that's exciting to me, and I hope it'll be exciting to you. Let's close in prayer. Father God, as we come into your presence this morning, I thank you. I thank you for this invitation that you give us to take your yoke upon us, to learn to walk as you walk, to watch you work miraculously in our lives and lives of others around us. And we take you seriously with that invitation, Lord. And we come to you to teach us now through your spirit as only you can do. We want to hear your voice. We want to follow your leadership. We don't want to depend only on you for our needs. And we ask you, Father, to make it available to us by your grace. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you all being here. Have a good week. Walk in the Spirit. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes. 